Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I trust you and your household. You're doing well and you're blessed. And I'm thankful for all the blessings of God that we are alive and serving God. And let us pray for one another, pray for our friends, because there are people um, who, although we are, we are doing well, there are people we know, good people, Christian people, friends of ours, who are going through hard times and it's very important that we remember them and we pray for them and put our faith out for them. Actually, not just pray a cursory prayer for them, but actually believe God that they will come out of whatever situation they're in and that they shall come through victory and they shall experience the blessings and the provisions of God in their own lives. So it is very important that we stand in, with our brothers and sisters, especially in this season that we are going through right now. Anyway, so we are talking about the subject of the call of God. And yesterday we talked about, we started talking about actually recapping what we had spoken the day before about purity and holiness. And then we talked about integrity. And today um, I'm going into another area of character development. We're talking about how important it is <coughs> to develop our character if we are going to serve God. And the next is uh, point I want to bring up is to walk free from the love of money because this is one of the great pitfalls in ministry, especially for those who are in full-time ministry. I know many people who, you know, I had a, <coughs> I'm thinking of a class friend of mine. Uh, he was a great guy, he and his wife, they went to Bible school together with Britta and me. In fact, they said, uh, you know, I think he sat right next to my wife and his wife was after him because uh, we were all in alphabetical order. Great guy, nice guy. And then they took, I think they started a church or they took over a church. And, and uh, then, you know, they were doing well in the ministry, but his wife had expensive tastes. I remember already um, at Bible school, uh, you know, we, 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 we barely made it financially, but his wife was always dressed in nice expensive clothes and so you know she was used to an expensive lifestyle maybe she came from a, a wealthy home and um, he with the, his pastor's salary couldn't uh, um, uh, you know afford to support her lifestyle and because she was used to, to a high-flying lifestyle and so what happened was ultimately he began to skim money off the church take money from the church and he was caught he was out of the ministry and then they disappeared. I don't even know if their marriage is, is, is okay today or where they are today, what they are doing. They seem to have disappeared on the face of the earth. And I know many, many uh, stories like this. So, because the Bible tells us uh, very strongly about keeping ourselves on the love of money. And so we, we, you know, we have to, these are certain things we have to remember. Because uh, uh, when you come to the, you know, I came, look, I came from a wealthy family. I used to have, we used to have servants. I always had money. I had everything I needed. Uh, I never even needed to drive. I had a chauffeur drive me around. But when I came to Jesus, I, uh, I had to learn to do without. I lost everything. And um, I was down to a place where I had to believe God for my meals. And all I was trying to do was to obey the call of God on my life. And I was on the streets and sharing Christ with, with, with lost people, Muslim people who didn't know Jesus. And, 
And I was really, this thing was burning in me that these people are lost without Jesus. And if I don't tell them about Jesus, if they don't get this opportunity to receive Christ, they will die and they will perish. So, uh, and in the process, I had nothing. I could be on the street without a coin in my pocket. And I remember when I was hungry, I, 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 I remember that very first day, I stepped aside and I said, dear Jesus, I'm hungry, please give me something to eat. And I didn't know how he would do it. But within a few minutes, a Muslim man walked up to me. He said, excuse me, I've been watching you. Um, are you telling people about Jesus Christ? I said, yes, sir. He says, um, I will buy you lunch. Why don't we eat together? And you can tell me about Jesus. So I did that. And that was God's provision for me. And, and you can imagine, here I am. I had never taken any charity from anybody my entire life. Never been. In fact, I used to give. I never took anything from anybody. That was the lifestyle I lived. We had everything we needed. But um, God brought me to a place where I had nothing. I'd learned to humble myself and be totally dependent upon him. And so, uh, you know, so, and I learned to be satisfied with simple things. Uh, for those four years, um, uh, I should say from 1975 until 1978, uh, yeah, for about 13 years or, yeah, 12 or 13 years, you know, I never uh, had the money to buy a new shirt or a new pair of socks. Uh, I, at one time, there were some people who did give me some clothes. They bought me some new clothes. I think it was a pair of pants, two pairs of pants, two shirts, and that was it, you know. But other than that, I wore hand-me-down second-hand clothes uh, at a, a charity place they had. And if you needed clothes, you could. So I used to take clothes from there. So I, you know, I, I learned to live, I learned to do without. And the Bible says, endure hardships as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now today, I can afford to buy whatever I want. But, you know, but those days, I remember I had nothing. Then I married Britta. And she, she came from simple, humble circumstances. She was a, an RN and nurse. But, you know, she didn't grow up in a wealthy home. And although the mother's side of her family were really, really wealthy, but she grew up under simple circumstances. Her dad was blue collar. And so, you know, so we have lived a lifestyle where uh, one thing I'm happy about that I married a woman who doesn't have a taste for fancy things. Because um, I remember when we got married, we didn't even have a bed to sleep on. We slept on mattresses on the floor because that's all we owned. We didn't, in a little apartment that we rented, we, I didn't even have money to buy a suit at my own wedding. I rented a suit from a rental place. The only thing, things I bought for my own wedding were a white shirt and a pair of socks. That's all we could afford. So we started with nothing and God has blessed us. But throughout the process, one thing, we have never had a love for money or a love for material things. We got weaned from those things. And so uh, I want to tell you, people, if you are going to be in the ministry, though this is only for full-time ministers, because we who are full-time ministers, the Bible says, that those who preach the gospel say live of the gospel. So if you are in full-time ministry, you will live of what uh, God provides for you through people. And so it is very important that make sure that you don't marry 
a person who has very expensive tastes, who, who absolutely think that it is his or her right to have this and a right to have that, and they refuse to have, you know, to serve God through hardships. Now, I do believe that God will prosper you, you see, as we are faithful, as we are faithful, as we endure hardships, as we face things in life and as we grow in life, God will bless us and God has blessed us. Like I wanted to buy a new car and, uh, and uh, I, uh, uh, I, 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 you know, I prayed over it and I saved money and uh, I saved about $10,000. That was the price of my old car. I had $10,000. Then I'd saved up a few thousand, but I still needed like uh, $25,000. And I prayed, I sold seal and God gave us the money. I never told anyone I need money to buy a car, but God spoke to people and, and so I could buy a new car. So I don't lack anything. Uh, believe me, I don't lack anything. We are doing okay. We are not super wealthy, but we we are okay. But that's because we have decided to live a life of integrity and we sow seed and God blesses us and God is faithful. I mean, he has always been good and faithful to us, but we have always lived lives that are free from the love of money. And my wife is not a lover of money or material things and neither am I because we have this thing that look, we need money in this world to do the work of God and God has always provided everything we need. And the other thing is that we cannot take anything with us. So we cannot, the only things we can take with us from this world are the souls we win for Jesus. So we're going to use that money to win souls anyway. So anyway, this is just to give you a bit of a background. I want to share my heart with you. Now, I Listen, I believe in prosperity. Why I believe in prosperity is that the Bible talks about prosperity. In Deuteronomy 28, we read very clearly that uh, poverty is a curse and for not obeying the word of God and that prosperity is a blessing. Because if you look at the curses of not obeying the law, poverty is one of them and disease is another and the third one is death. But if you look at the blessings of obeying God, it says, I'll bless the work of your hands. Your basket will be blessed. Your children will be blessed. Your wife will be blessed. Your everything will be blessed. So God is a good God. And the word for salvation uh, uh, in the New Testament, uh, it, you know, um, it also includes the sense of prosperity and blessing and wholeness. And in the Old Testament, the word shalom means peace. That is a big word in the Old Testament. It means the same thing. It means, uh, it means prosperity, blessing, well-being. So God does want to bless us and he wants to prosper us. But there's a purpose with, with behind everything. There's a purpose behind prosperity. And the purpose of prosperity is threefold. The first reason, and they're in order, the first reason for prosperity is the cause that is closest to the heart of God. That is the cause of the gospel being preached to the lost. It's called the Great Commission. So that cause, uh, it starts in the local churches where we train church planters and missionaries and soul winners and we make disciples. You know, it starts in the local church and it goes all the way out to evangelists on the field who are actually preaching the gospel to sinners. So that process is called the Great Commission because the Great Commission is not just to preach the gospel, but it is to preach the gospel and to make disciples. So that, that is the 
That is the heartbeat of God. That's the number one thing in the heart of God. The preaching of the gospel to the lost to bring souls to Jesus. So that is the first reason for prosperity. And although the gospel is free, it does cost money to get the gospel out to the lost. Now, the second reason for prosperity is for us to help the poor. If you look at the scriptures, there's tons of scriptures which tells us. It says, for example, that he who has a generous eye shall be blessed because he gives of his bread to the poor. Then in Psalms 112, it says, blessed is the man who, you know, who trusteth in the Lord, his seed shall be mighty upon the earth. He says, the wealth and riches shall be uh, in his house and his righteousness endures forever. And then later on it says in the same psalm, it goes on to say, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Then there's another scripture. It says, he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord and the Lord will repay him. And you know, there's many, many verses in the Bible that tell us about blessing the poor. So uh, the first cause of pro reason for prosperity is the gospel. And the second reason is uh, is to um, is to um, help the poor. And the third reason is this. You are God's child and God loves you and you are his child. And so God wants to give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37, I believe verse 35, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. So God, God wants to bless you with the things that your heart desires. He wants to, but you should remember that once you give your life to to financing the work of the gospel and to helping the poor, it has a tempering influence on what is important to you and what is really your desire and what is important to you. But at the same time, we are called to live free from the love of money, which is very important for us to make that distinction. God wants to bless us finances with finances, but he wants us to stay free from the love of money. Now, Money is not not all is not evil, but the love of money is the root of all evil. But anyway, to give you this background, let's go to First Timothy chapter six, verses five to twelve. It says, "Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. From such withdraw your, yourself." So it says that. There's people whose minds are corrupt and they're destitute, poor when it comes to the truth because they believe and they preach that gain is godliness, that, that, that uh, uh, gain, that means profit, financial gain, financial gain and godliness go hand in hand. Some people say that, uh, uh, that um, you know, you're having money is a sign of your faith. Uh, faith in God and uh, if you had faith you would have money if you don't have faith you wouldn't have money but that doesn't you know hold water because in the Bible it says uh, you know the Bible says that hasn't God chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith so faith and God uh, you know uh, money and godliness have nothing to do with each other now if you walk a godly life God is going to bless you financially but if you don't have money it doesn't mean you're not godly because I have met poor people who are godly I met wealthy people who are godly I have met poor people who are ungodly I met wealthy people who are ungodly godliness has nothing to do with what you own but it has to do with the condition of your heart okay so it says there's these people who who connect to who in whose minds gain and godliness are married together he said who teach this stuff it says from such withdraw yourself pull yourself away from such people and that in my mind i'm going to be bold in saying it 
that includes uh, modern day people who preach an, uh, not prosperity, but who preach an extreme doctrine of materialistic prosperity. It says from such withdraw yourself. But he said, but godliness with contentment is great gain. That means uh, that godliness with contentment. Now that is great gain. Now contentment means to be uh, satisfied with what you have. You know, there's these two words that are opposites of each other, covetousness and contentment. Now, the Greek word that is translated as covetousness actually means covetousness is simply the greedy desire to have more than what you already have. And contentment means to be happy with what you already have. So it says that godliness, can you imagine that that is actually a virtue? to stop and say, thank you, Father, for what I have. Doesn't matter if your neighbor has a bigger house or your other neighbor drives a bigger car and he has more money in the bank, but that is not what affects your life or your desires. What affects your life is the fact that God has blessed you and you're far better off today than you were in the past. So you can say, thank you, Father. I'm so happy and content for what you have given me. Now that is contentment and that is godly. Godliness and contentment are great gain. Then it tells us why. Verse 7, for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. We came with nothing and we are going to leave with nothing. And these are the words of the Apostle Paul. Okay. This is, and having food and raiment, let us be there with content. That means, and having food and clothes. That means having clothes to wear and having enough to eat. Let us be content and satisfied with that. You know, I mean, look, I work in Africa and uh, um, there are people who have nothing. Let, let me just tell you, in this COVID-19 situation with the lockdown, uh, lockdown, do you know that in Zimbabwe, where my team is, where my Africa base is, there were actually pastors who had no food in their homes and they were starving. And, uh, and uh, it started with my team leader, he had a dream about this one man who he knew, but not very well. He called this man. He says, brother, how are you doing? And the man began to cry. He hadn't, he and his family hadn't eaten for a couple of days. And my team leader shared this with me. So I, uh, I, and I thought, oh my goodness, here we are. We are also in a lockdown. And then it suddenly dawned on me that here in America, in the worst of times, we live far better and more abundant lives that many people do in third world countries in the best of times. Listen, we in the worst of times have far better lives and, you know, and financial well-being than most people in the world do in the best of times. So the Lord said, uh, and I said, Lord, we also have needs in our ministry. And I have needs. And the Lord said, for you, your needs are things you can live without. But for those people, their needs are such that if their needs are not met, it means starvation, their children are going to die. And the Lord said, if you put their needs above your needs and, and meet their needs, then I can bless you. Then the Lord gave me a scripture. He says, he who refreshes others will be refreshed. So that's when I desired, I said to the Lord, okay, fine, Lord, I'm going to do something to help them. So I sent an email to my friends and, and my friends began to respond. You know, as I sit here right now, we have sent out about uh, right now, uh, I don't know exactly, but I think about 175 or $180,000 have gone out and we are feeding 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pastors and their families for three months and in Africa and in two Asian countries in Asia which are closed for the gospel where they hate Christianity and you know but the thing is that so don't say I, I don't believe in prosperity I believe in prosperity if I believe if I didn't believe in prosperity I wouldn't be able to feed hundreds of pastors for three months if I didn't didn't believe in prosperity I wouldn't be able to do crusades and win over a million souls a year I believe in prosperity but Prosperity is different to the love of money. The love of money is self-centered. Prosperity, biblical prosperity, looks towards the purposes of God. That is the difference. It's not the money, but it's the motive, it's the heart, it's the mission, the vision behind the money. Money that has a vision, a godly vision behind it, that is prosperity. But money which is about me, me having a better house, me having a better this, me, 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 us and we, that is greed. So God wants us to walk free from greed and yet live a life of abundance and prosperity. He says, but having food and clothes, let us be there with content. Then he says, but they that will be rich fall into temptations and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. He says, those who pursue after money, whose life is an endless race after money, who just want to be rich for the sake of being rich. You know, there's people who have no vision and they just want to be rich so that they can be rich. He says, people like that, they fall into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. That's the easiest way to go to destruction, to to, to live a life which is all about you. Never desire to be rich just for the sake of being rich, but desire to serve God. And the Bible says, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything that you need will be added to you. Hallelujah. So as I sit here, I'm able to do great things for the Lord that the Lord puts in my heart and, and, and so we have, we have hundreds of thousands of dollars that passes through my hand, but not a penny sticks to me because you know what? I can't take it with me. It's all for God's kingdom, for his purposes, his glory. And my greatest joy is that, and my greatest prayer is that Lord continue to find me faithful because there's a difference between stewardship and ownership. Ownership when, when a man says, this is mine. This is mine. I do with it what I like. If I give you 10% of it, you'll be happy that I've given you 10% because it's mine. But stewardship says this belongs to the Lord and he has put it in my hand to be used as it pleases him. That is stewardship. So my prayer is that Lord put me in a place where you will always find me a faithful steward. And so that your resources to help others can pass through my hands make me that person. But in that process, I know that my need is taken care of. I have never lacked anything. Even those days when I was a new believer witnessing on the streets, do you know I never skipped a meal? Never. I have never been in a position in the past 45 years when I have missed a meal because God did not take care of me. Somehow or the other, this stomach always had what it needed. This body always had what it needed. Did I go through hardships? Yes. 
I spent a year in prison. I it was a horrible year, a little bit less than a year. I spent a year in prison, eating horrible prison food, living in difficult conditions. But okay, God was still there with me. Jesus was still there with me. Even when I was in that terrible hole of a prison, God took care of me. Jesus manifested his presence to me. And I'll tell you the stories another time. But he took care of me and he blessed me, took care of me. And I came out of that alive and grateful. And but those experiences, God used them to make me a better man. Okay. So it says, okay, then so let's con continue with this. Verse 9, for they that will be rich fall into temptations and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in perdition, destruction, perdition. They says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Now notice that money is not the root of all evil. Money is a good thing. In fact, the more money there is in the body of Christ, the better it is. The more money there is in the hands of godly people instead of ungodly people, the better it is because we can do better things to serve people and to love people and to meet their needs instead of ungodly people using that same money to spread their ungodliness. So, but so I, somebody said that money uh, uh, is a great slave uh, in the hands of the righteous, but it's a terrible master when it's in the hand of the ungodly. So it says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is good, but the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And I've seen that. I've seen people cut corners to make money. You know, they go to these multi-level things because there's the whole principle that you don't do any work. Others do all the work and you sit and get rich. And, you know, there's a there's a driving force behind that. And that is very, very, very dangerous when you get rich of the labors of other people. They work and you do nothing. I have rich friends who work hard and that's great. I, in fact, I have I have people who uh, who are in multi-level businesses, but they have worked very hard. If you see how hard they work and that's great. They work hard and get money, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who sit around, do nothing, and others will do the work for them so then they can get rich. It says, uh, well, he says, those people who covet after that kind of wealth, he said, they pierce themselves with many sorrows. But then, so it tells us to free, to run from this kind of doctrine, this kind of preaching, uh, this mm, this preaching that's based on the love of money. And so Paul is saying to Timothy, run from these. And then it says, this is what he said. Now, when you run from something, you have to pursue something else. Run after something else. He says, verse 11 and 12. He says, but thou, O man of God, flee these things. That means flee from the love of money and follow after righteousness. Follow after godliness. Follow after faith. Follow after love. Follow after patience. Follow after meekness, which is humility. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life whereunto you are called and has professed a good profession among many witnesses. So he's telling, he's telling Timothy, Timothy, run from this doctrine of money, easy money and more money and the love of money and material things and a big house and bigger house and bigger car. He said, just be satisfied with what you have. Okay. But, and then, then, and just be satisfied with what you have and be content and happy and, 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 and praise God and serve God. 
but he says run from greed run from this whole doctrine there's actually a whole branch of christianity that is based on the pursuit of wealth and money as if it is some kind of blessing that god wants us all to have like money in itself is a blessing it says but it says flee from these things but this is what you should do pursue after righteousness pursue godliness hallelujah strive to be a godly man pursue after holiness pursue after righteousness pursue faith be strong in faith have more faith love be a have greater love in your heart and patience and and meekness and humility then you fight the good fight of faith lay hold of eternal life that means lay lay hold of eternal life and take a hold of this that that you see people who believe in a doctrine of money they don't live with a perspective of eternity they just think this life this is it so let us have accumulate as much as we can right now because for them when it comes to the plans and purposes of god it only extends up to this life yet yeah, there is a heaven but let's not talk about it but the important thing is right now how much you have right now and that is the sign of god's blessing on your life he said no but live for eternity lay hold of eternal life and live for eternity he says wherein to you are called and has professed a good profession before before many witnesses well, anyway i'm just sharing with you what what the bible says so to recap it all just let me say these words that god wants to prosper you yes he does he wants to give you a big vision and the bigger your vision the more money you will need but the lord is able to do that and the way to do that is to serve people and uh, serve god serve people be a giver now also work hard make as much money as you can and give away as much as you can that's what john wesley his financial advice was he says work hard and make as much money as you can and then give away as much as you can so there's nothing wrong with making money it's i told my kids if you're not called to the ministry get the best university education you can work as hard as you can and make as much money as you can because i said to my boys i said listen because the more you have in your hand the more you can give away you can never give more than that which you have in your hand so i tell you young people if you are smart god has given you a good brain get an education work hard make money but don't love money don't live for money use it as a tool give away as much of it as you can to the gospel and to help the poor and you will have your reward in heaven god bless you there's a lot more to be said but um we you know i'll do a subject on on what the bible says about money and prosperity but i will stop here right now but let's pray father in the name of jesus i thank you that you desire to bless us to prosper us financially and yet you desire for us to live free from greed and from the love of money and from material things i thank you that we can serve you and that lord as we seek the kingdom of god and your righteousness everything is added to us and i thank you lord that you also give us the our needs and the desires of our heart we thank you father for all things bless my friends who are hearing me in the name of jesus amen god bless you my friends and i'll see you again tomorrow